Welcome into this archived episode of the original SA Talk podcast. It's your favorite local podcast host and retirement advisor, Zach Espericueta. With the changes to the original podcast and rebrand in May of 2021, the current events and interview follow-up segments were taken out of these archived episodes for easier accessibility to the interview itself. Most new listeners just want to hear the interview anyway. Keep that in mind if you hear any references made to other segments or when you hear some of the old podcast music. I really hope you enjoy this interview. Be sure to give the podcast a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and a follow on social media at SAPod Network. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back into the SA Talk Podcast. We have Brian Correa and Aaron Pena, both born and raised in San Antonio. Brian owns and operates Bar America on South Alamo, has been a staple there in Southtown for four generations and close to 80 years. Aaron owns and operates Squeezebox on the St. Mary Strip and has owned Squeezebox for four years and been in the bar industry for seven years. We're excited to talk with them about their new bar that they came together to create a more eternal in the Southtown area. So guys, how are you doing today? Good. Thank you. Hey, Zach. Thank you for having us. So we're going to start with you, Aaron. So give us a little backstory of how you got started in the bar industry and how you got hooked up with Brian to create this new venture. Yeah, of course. So I had a job in my mid-20s that I just really despised as an insurance agent. And I was doing that for about a year or two. And it paid really well, but I knew I hated it because every time I would walk into work, I would like shudder, you know, so I decided to quit one day. Actually, it, went to, it sounds like a story, but it's, it's actually a true story. I went to lunch and I didn't go back to work that day. But really, I knew uh, some bartenders at a bar that I was going to pretty frequently called The Friendly Spot. And I asked them if they'd give me a job. And they told me that they'd give me a job, but that I'd have to start at the bottom. So they hired me to pick up trash. I did that for about a year, a year and a half before they let me end. So that was my introduction, picking up trash. And here I am seven years later, still picking up trash. Hey, it just goes to show that you can start from the bottom and now you're owning your own, not one, but two bars. So now, Brian, you give me a little backstory. Where, how did you get started? I know it was kind of a family deal. So tell us a little more. Yeah, absolutely. I was raised there at Bar America. My grandfather had purchased that property the same month and year that I was born. So from the time as an infant up until now, I spent a lot of time at Bar America. I actually started bartending there with my grandfather back in 2002. It was a cash and beer bar only, but I did that for about 10 years. Took off to the military, and when I came back, I found out that my family was selling the bar. I asked them to sell it to me to give me a chance, and they did, and here we are. And so how did y'all meet, and how did y'all come up with this new concept? Aaron, you want to you take this one? Yeah, I'll take it. I'll let you elaborate on it. You know, I was going to Bar America, and I'm going to put this off the record. I was... Probably not old enough to be in Bar America, but I was going to Bar America back in the day. And <laughs> family pretty well. Uh, his uncle Joe and grandfather would be there. So I was already familiar with the family and, of course, the bar. We met later when I was bartending at a cocktail bar here in a town called the Brooklynite. I was managing and bartending there. And Brian would come by and have some drinks, you know, with his lady and a couple of friends. And I would serve him. That's how we got reacquainted. You know, a few years down the pipeline, I'd already had Squeezebox going for a few years. Brian would come support. I'd go to Bar America to support over there. And he approached me with this idea to collaborate on this new concept. And of course, I was all ears. And here we are about six months later, finally starting to get off the ground. Let me ask you, because I've always kind of been interested. When I used to work downtown, I always figured all the bartenders knew each other. You know, one bartender from this bar, this bartender from this bar, you guys all kind of talk or how do you guys kind of know each other? It's a small world. It is. (laughs) Everyone knows everyone. It's super communal. Uh, I think that we all support each other because we're in the same industry, but everybody kind of bounces back and forth. And uh, I think it's just a kind of a community-based industry. So yeah, I guess we do all kind of know each other in some way. (laughs) 
So Brian, you went to him with this idea. What was your idea? How did you pitch it? You know, how did you really come up with that concept? You know, I've been watching the demographic in Southtown for a while. It's food. It's a lot of good food that you can't get anywhere else really in the city. Like you have Bliss and you have Maverick, which I'm supposed to do, uh, what is it, Aaron, a bro date with you and you're going to take me to these different restaurants and try these different foods. I wanted to do something different for the neighborhood and I wanted to bring craft cocktails to the, I know that the neighborhood has a good amount of craft cocktail bars in the area, but I wanted to do something that really brought craft cocktails and our culture together. And what better person to do that with than Aaron Benya? He has a craft cocktail background, you know, knowledge as well as uh, the pulse of the city. And I know it's going to be a fun endeavor. For our audience, you might not know. Explain what a craft cocktail bar is. To me, a craft cocktail bar is a place where you're not just going in to get your typical like whiskey and Coke. It's going to be, uh, you know, an elevated drink that uses fresh ingredients and, you know, specialty glassware, specialty ice. And to me, like you can get a craft cocktail at a lot of places, but I think a craft cocktail bar has a certain ambiance to it. To me, it's like dim lighting and very intimate and kind of the place you would imagine going on a date at. But, you know, the craft cocktail thing has kind of blown up over the past five or six years in San Antonio. And we've kind of gotten accustomed to being able to get a craft cocktail pretty much anywhere we go. But to me, like a true craft cocktail bar has a definite ambiance to it to where you know you're at a special place when you go in there. Do you find that the demographic is different when you're talking about a craft cocktail bar as opposed to maybe like craft beer or just any other bar? Absolutely. You know, me and Brian's main bars are definitely geared more towards, you know, the party crowd, uh, beer in a shot type crowd. So the demographic for a crowd cocktail bar does bring in a little bit more of a relaxed, sometimes older crowd who just kind of wants to chill and have a nice drink, which I think this is kind of the point that led me and Brian here together. Our, our bars are party bars and we're not, you know, I'm saying we're sick of it. It's just that we wanted to try something different on this next project, you know, and something we envisioned being cool for us as we're getting up in our years, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you talk about the ambiance and the different atmosphere that it creates in a craft cocktail bar, like a Moriturno, what kind of vibe are they going to get there? What are they going to see? Is it, you know, what makes it different? One thing I've always loved about Aaron and, and his buddies, you know, he's got a group of guys and they own several bars throughout the city, is that they're able to encompass uh, our culture into their bars. And, and I love that. I think that's awesome. You know, you'll see things that make our Latino culture, things that are important to us, we're bringing them to the business. I think that's beautiful. And that's one thing Aaron's able to do. Like even right behind him, he has a sign that says Nessio. And then right above it is the Virgin Mary. I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's definitely San Antonio culture. Absolutely. Do you guys have a date in mind already that this new establishment is going to be planned to open up? Just waiting on the permit. It's a lot of cosmetic things that we had to do inside that house. It used to be a coffee shop. I had a coffee shop there before about close to two years and pretty much all the major renovations had already been done. So everything that we're doing right now is just cosmetic and the mixed beverage permit and we're ready to go. And now to bring in the San Antonio culture, are y'all having local artists paint there? Are y'all, you know, what are y'all bringing in to make it really feel like San Antonio's bar? Yeah, we've already collaborated with a few artists on the logo designs. The logo has a mural wall that's going to be there. It's going to be kind of the focal point of entry and a few other uh, San Antonio artists that we're using to kind of do, uh, whether it be graphic design or mural work, you know, low lights, very dim ambiance when you walk in, but the colors are all going to pop like, the way I set up it, you would see like multiple, those bright, hot colors. So yeah, I mean, I think that alongside having like stuff like behind me that reminds me of our grandmothers and our grandfather's houses, like Virgin Mary candles everywhere. That's always like my aesthetic that I go for. I think it's going to be great. And it's already starting to come together really well. 
And now, Brian, on your website, you have a dress code on there. So are we going to see something kind of like that? Or will it be a little more laid back? No, I think it'll be a lot more laid back. As we were talking about earlier in the podcast, your demographics a little bit more relaxed. People just looking to have a good drink and, and relax. As far as the music that you guys plan to have, you know, use the term beer in a shot when you talk about your current bars. So, and at those bars, of course, there's DJs that come in and get set up. But at this kind of bar, is there going to be something like a DJ or is it just going to be kind of like the music that's just put on somewhere from the back? I'm going to love this. Let them know, Aaron. Yeah, we're going to incorporate the DJ thing, but I also DJ on the side as well. And I play vinyl soul. Oh, so sweet. Yeah, so I have a, I have a pretty good uh, network of, you know, these guys who collect this Chicano soul, this funk, you know, definitely like take you back to the 60s and 70s when you walk in there. So I definitely see, you know, vinyl DJs set up in the corner playing some really good music. But, you know, we're definitely not going to have little, little John or anything happening like our other bar. <laughs> Is there still going to be like a like a dance floor? Well, we have the bar area set, you know, we have seating as well. I think once we get past the whole foot loose, it's illegal to dance, we'll definitely have a little dance floor area. So I know that the new location is right behind Bar America and Brian, you still own a coffee shop there, but why is that location so important to y'all? That location has been in the family for close to 40 years. My grandfather bought that back in uh, 1983. Before there was a South Town, he had the Victoria Courts down the street. We've seen that area evolve so much. It, it's kind of a night and day difference. But it's not just the building. It's not just the bar. It's, it's my grandfather's place. So even though he's not here with us anymore, uh, every time I walk into that place, it's like he still is. And I was going to say, and you, you kind of alluded to this, Brian, that area of town has really changed. And we talk a lot on this podcast about how our views have changed for Amanda and I, but really a lot of people's views of San Antonio. And sometimes for people that may not live here or they're in Austin and they're thinking about places to move, San Antonio often gets overlooked because they don't know that we have these areas of town. So how have you seen Southtown really boom and change or what, you know, what big changes have you seen before your own eyes? Absolutely. We have a lot of awesome restaurants and bars in the area, as well as the housing. Uh, you've seen a lot of these older historic homes are being prehabbed and flipped. Uh, we're seeing a lot of new apartments being built in the area. They just redid Hemisphere and they have some apartments there called Hemisview. It's a really beautiful area. It's a big up and coming area. And I'm glad that I've been able to be a part of it for a long time. And Aaron, with the St. Mary's Strip, I know you've had Squeezebox for about four years now, but even that area has changed a little bit. I mean, how have you seen that area evolve over time? We changed it, man. We made everything we made everything grow from our side of the street onwards. So when we got there, across the street was just TBA. We opened up. La Botanica opened up around the same time. We made that side of the street walkable. So what people don't understand about the St. Mary's Strip is people think that we're all in competition, but we need traffic. We need foot traffic. So we made our side of the street walkable. The whole street's changed immensely since we got down there, and I've noticed it. But, I mean, it's just added to the culture of the street. I mean, it's a historic street already. It's been a party street since the 90s. MTV did spring break back there in the 90s. We've been able to kind of cultivate it back to what it was. And, I mean, it's been cool to watch and cool to be a part of. It's gotten a lot younger. I don't know if I'm just getting older or they're getting younger. I don't know. <laughs> you know I've seen the crowd being, uh, you know, you know it's, you're always going to have a fresh batch of 21 and 22-year-old kids going down there. I'm 32 now, so I feel a little weird sometimes hanging out with these children. But, you know, it's as far in terms of business, it's been great. It's a booming street. And up until, you know, the pandemic, you know, I still think there's a lot of area of opportunity for more businesses to get down there and more people to come down there and, and enjoy it. Brian, going back to you, and I'm going to ask Aaron the same question afterwards. So this is kind of a fun one. Go to Bar America. You spend your evening at Bar America. Where are you going to eat afterwards? 
you can eat there. We have some great food at Bar America. We're going to be bringing in uh, a San Antonio chef and his crew to cook up some food that not only is delicious, but I think ties into our culture. And Aaron, you visit Squeezebox, you spend your night there. Last call, it's time to go eat somewhere. Where are you eating on St. Mary's Strip? Yeah, we want to keep people at our places. We have food too at Squeezebox, but I'll play the opposite card. If I was going to leave and go eat and I was not going to eat at my establishment and I was on the St. Mary's Strip, what time of the night is it? Is it late? Late night. Late night. You can get Sings Vietnamese across the street until midnight. They're great. Good people as well. Naturally, I have to say the taco truck, you know. And Regio. Like, taco de Regio. Regio. Yeah, of course. So. Born in a cup. Oh, man. So, I mean, really the only option after two, unfortunately, and not to put anything against them because they're great and they're good people, too. Is there going to be food at Amor Eterno? Yes. Uh, the same people we've teamed up with is a local company called Bucho, and uh, they'll be running the kitchen for Bar America and Amor Eterno. So Amor Eterno's uh, menu is going to be a little more extensive. On the Bar America side, it's going to be classics, burgers, wings, you know, kind of similar to what they had prior to having to shut down like we all had to. Um, Amor Eterno, we just actually sampled the menu. We're going to have a few central items that are like incredible. Uh, we have a Tejano Cubano, which is a slider with Cubano filling, but instead of being like a classic Cubano, it's got carnitas as well. They're doing like a carnitas grilled cheese. They're doing tempura fried fish tacos. So they've got some really cool stuff they're going to be doing for Amor. So we're really excited about working with them as well. You know, if you need taste testers, Zach and I are always, <laughs> always available. Yeah. We did it last week, so we'll do it one more time for y'all. Y'all can come taste it out because we literally had so much food that me and Brian were like, I can't even look at food anymore. <laughs> Well, we're going to have to do the same thing with the craft cocktails because that's definitely something that I, I'm interested in. But, you know, speaking of the craft cocktails, what are some things we can anticipate seeing on the menu or what are some of your favorites? My favorite cocktails to drink are really simplistic. I mean, I, when I go out, I drink an old fashioned or a cocktail called a Martinez. Gin is my favorite spirit. So most of the cocktails that I usually order are gin cocktails. So the Martinez is the predecessor to a martini. It's actually a very boozy, sweet vermouth, orange bitters, uh, maraschino liqueur, and gin. That's typically my go-to cocktail. Uh, so I wanted to play with that cocktail. It's called the Martinez already, so I kind of wanted to throw it on the menu and kind of throw a little tip of the hat to Brian's grandfather, maybe call it the Don Martinez and, and abbreviate the EZ so we keep you know Don Martin's name in the menu. Aside from that, we're going to have some Frozens on tap. We have two Frozen machines we'll be playing with. Classic cocktails, house-made cocktails. Just We don't want it to be non-approachable, too. We want people to go in there. There have been a crap cocktail bar before. Just be able to be like, that sounds good. Everything's easy and you know approachable for it. I have to ask this because this is kind of my favorite is the Moscow Mules, but you're going to have something like a Pimm's Cup or Jasper's Cup. Yeah, for Squeezebox, it's this to-go thing we were doing to get us through the pandemic. I partnered up with my friend. Local company is a cold-pressed juice company. So she juiced fresh ginger, fresh cucumber, fresh lime, and everything into my Pimm's Cup. So I think that'd be a cool option for us too, especially because we have Squeezers, which is my buddy Keith's juice place across the street. Any opportunity to collaborate with some local people is always a good thing for me. What will y'all's role be? Like, if we walk in there on any given night, are y'all going to be there hanging out? Will you be more behind the scenes? What exactly are y'all going to be doing at the bar? I'm a little right. bit of both. Uh, I like to hang out and I like to be behind the scenes. But I'll be there with Aaron and I'll be there at Bar America. Aaron, what about you, man? Brian can give you a good story about this, but I always go to my place to hang out, but it just ends up being like it sucked in the work. So I'll be there. If you guys come, you'll see me. I'll be there doing something. I'll find something to do. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, I have to ask, because I know it's right behind Bar America, and I also know there's kind of an outdoor area. Are you able to access it from there, or do you have to walk around uh, the street to Presa? No, that's the beautiful part is it's the property's all connected, so you can access Amor Eterno from Bar America. If you're on the patio, 
Uh, you can actually order drinks from Imoriterno from the patio. So if you're at Bar America and you want to order a drink from the window next door, there's an option to do that. Brian, I want to start with you and I'm going to ask both of you this question again. What would you say is your favorite thing about owning a bar and then the most challenging thing? The most interesting thing is you get to meet a lot of new people. The most challenging thing is you get to meet a lot of new people. (laughs) It's a double-edged sword. There's a lot of good people out there. Uh, It's fun to talk to a lot of new people, but that means you got to kind of gauge everyone's personality and alcohol. You never know. It affects everyone differently. It's the most challenging aspect of the job. And Aaron? I guess my favorite part about owning a bar is, is kind of keeping it in the family. Brian's got a good story with that as well. But I mean, my nephews all work for me. My dad's always there doing work with me on the place. So it's like, you know, it's a family business. We keep in the family. The most challenging thing about owning a bar, obviously, wasn't even a focus in my mind until six months ago. This is the most unprecedented thing we've all gone through. So I think learning how to adapt and how we're going to get out of this has been the most challenging thing. But we're resilient people. We're a resilient industry. We're going to figure this out. We're going to see where we go from here. I mean, Brian always says that his grandfather would say that liquor never had a season or, or it was, uh, what was the word, Brian? It was uh, not pandemic proof. Uh, yeah, it's recession proof, but it's, you can tell me anything about pandemic proof. Exactly. So we're going to have to learn how to get around it. So it's been a challenge, but I'm excited to get back to work. I think we all are. We're not used to this idle time. Circling back to our whole podcast, it's all about San Antonio, the people, the culture. So I want to ask each one of you, what does San Antonio mean to you? It's our culture. What San Antonio means to me, what I love is I think we're the seventh largest city in the nation, but it still feels like a small town. Everyone knows everyone here. And I love that about our community. We have a strong sense of community. Sometimes it feels like when everything else is going wrong in the world, everything is right in San Antonio. Just doesn't affect us. That's just how I feel. Aaron, how about yourself? The hospitality here is my favorite part about living here. You know, we're a huge hospitality-driven city. Obviously, it's been a little unfortunate in that regard lately because of the lack of hospitality jobs and such. But we mirror New Orleans in terms of being a hospitality-driven city. So what I've always loved about San Antonio is that when you go anywhere, there's somebody you know, you know, it's all handshakes and hugs and it's a community-driven city. So the hospitality is what I love the most. We got that just from talking to y'all. You know, y'all are two different bar owners coming together. Y'all just on this podcast alone mentioned several owner, you know, other owners of different bars and food and restaurant. Everyone supports each other, especially through this pandemic. So that's been really cool to, to hear about from y'all. This is a question that we like to ask all of our guests. Aaron, we'll start with you. What legacy do you want to leave? You guys are asking me all the questions that I like think about every night. So it's like, especially lately, it's been such like an introspective time for me. Like I finally had time to sit down and think about my life. Uh, I think the legacy I want to live is having like a generational family where when I go, my family is able to take it over. They're able to work there. I don't have any children of my own. I'm not sure when that day will come, but I would like to build something that I could leave behind. So whether it be a business, art, music, anything I could leave for a generation after me is something that I want to focus on right now. And Brian, what about yourself? Are we going to see another 80 years of Bar America? I don't know. We'll see another 80 years, but, you know, it's kind of similar to Aaron's. I want to leave behind uh, what my grandfather has taught me and my dad has taught me. If the business can go another 80 years, that'd be awesome. Uh, But that's what I would like to leave. You know, we have, like I said, a, a long history here in the city. And if it can continue, I think that's something awesome to leave behind. And if you had any advice for um, future entrepreneurs, someone who wants to start a bar or their own business or anything, what would it be? You know, my grandfather would always do this thing. It was always a lesson. He always had something to teach me when we would sit down and talk. And he would do this thing where he would pretend like he was punching the air. 
And he would just say, you got to roll with the punches and just keep fighting and keep pushing because you're going to come across people and things that are going to make it hard to reach your goal. And you just got to fight through it. Don't give up. Aaron, how about yourself? I mean, that's a perfect reiteration of what I would say. Uh, I mean, we've learned a lot as far as in terms of setbacks, in terms of, uh, you know, getting derailed. But, you know, if you really can be serious about being an entrepreneur, you have to understand that it's not going to be perfect every day of the week. And even on the days where I'm having really bad days, I have to step back and remind myself that I get to wake up and work for myself. I don't do this for anybody else. I do this because I want to do it. And that's what makes me work so much harder is because I'm doing it because I care. You know, I care about what I do. And people ask this all the time about advice, but there's really no advice to give aside from just go and take the risk and do it for yourself. And if you could take the punches, then you've got it. At the end of every podcast, we like to give y'all the opportunity to give yourself a little shout out. So tell us where we can find um, all of the bars. So Squeezebox, Bar America, and Amora Turno on your social medias, your website, all that, so that people can go and support you. Yeah, uh, Bar America, we're on Facebook and on Instagram. It's Bar America, S-A-T-X. We're not hard. Our website's not hard to find. Just Google Bar America and a bunch of information comes up. Uh, Bar America is on 723 South Alamo. And Imoriterno is right behind it, uh, 540 South Presa. And we have an awesome rooftop for both bars. You get a beautiful view of the, of the skyline. So uh, come check that out. We are at the Squeeze Box located on 2806 North St. Mary's, um, right by Tycoon Flats on the St. Mary's Strip. You can find us on Facebook at Instagram at the Squeeze Box underscore SA. Uh, for Amor Eterno, we're located at 540 South Presa. And you can find us on Instagram at Amor Eterno underscore SA as well. We're working on a Facebook and a Twitter as we get closer to our opening. And I mean, while I have this platform, there's a ton of other local businesses right now we could shout out, probably too many to mention, but always at the end of the day, supporting local is what we're always encouraging, especially right now. So if you can get out there and give your dollars to anybody in the food and beverage industry right now, they could use your help. So support local always. Well, thank you both so much for your time. We are so excited. I know Zach is, he's been chomping the bits to get down to some bars down. So um, thank you again for your time. We are so excited to see the new bar when it opens. And just congratulations for, you know, weathering this pandemic. Y'all, um, you know, y'all are going to come out stronger, just like your grandpa said. Brian, take the punches and y'all, it seems like y'all have. Awesome. Thank you. We can't, we can't express our appreciation enough of you taking the time. I know both of you guys are busy, not only running your, your respective bars, but you know, trying to get a more eternal ready to go, everything set up. So I, I can't wait. And uh, I love visiting Southtown. So no, I'm excited for the new venture. I'm excited for a more eternal. And guys, again, thank you. Can't thank you enough. Thank you both. We greatly appreciate it. All right, listeners, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Amanda and I will discuss the guests we had on today. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Zach. As some of you may know, I help people plan for retirement. And as your advisor, I can not only show you how money truly works, but put you in control of your money today and in retirement. If you're looking to schedule a financial review, please give me a call at 210-760-0409. Thank you for listening to this archived episode of the original SA Talk podcast. I really hope you enjoyed the interview. If you enjoyed this episode and are looking for more content, you'll want to hit that subscribe or follow button depending on which podcast platform you are using. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I do also ask that you please give us a rate and review. That really helps the podcast grow. Lastly, if you want to keep up with the podcast, check us out on social media at SAPod Network. Take care and Viva San Antonio.